Okay. Isn't oh it? my god, is it? Yeah. Shit. Double digits were off the ground. You weren't sure. That's why I jumped in. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. What a what a whirlwind it's been. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely going to be a a good episode. Yeah. Um, like and subscribe, please, guys. Please. Pretty please. Sorry, I'm just getting comfortable. Awesome. Um, all right, let's jump right in and do a quick um, do a quick what we're doing this week yes. update. Tell us, tell us. Let's start um, with our faces. What are you putting on your face? What am I putting on my face? Yeah, what are you putting on your face? I am putting on Mukti. Mm. It's an antioxidant facial oil and it has omegas 3, 6, and 9. Wow. 3, 6, 9. Um, it's great for dry parched winter skin it gives you like a sexy sheen and everyone knows i'm all about the oils Mm -hmm. um and it also gives you some bounce you know plumps you up a bit yeah so omegas are really um good like obviously fatty essential acids um essential fatty acids rather and when your skin is affected by winter they kind of like break down all your um, your lipids are super dry and yucky. So oils just work in there to get that all rehydrated and make sure that you've got a beautiful smooth surface, a lot of hydration and replenishment uh, within the cells. Um, and then that makes your complexion look much nicer. So plus that brand is all organic. Mm. So it's good for you. Mm. I just blend a few drops of in the morning onto like a kind of damp face so you can pop it in with your um, your moisturiser or whatever. And, yeah, I've been getting a lot of compliments actually when really? I wear it. I'm well, not wearing it right one. now. Are so you? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> You're like, are you? Because it doesn't look yeah, like that, um, I'm well, not right now. Sign. But, um, yeah, I have been getting some compliments. So I, I recommend. Well, I only just um, read something this morning, which – or I watched a girl going through her skincare because I love stuff like that. And she was just taking it, saying that she takes these um, – just a potent kind of fish oil, krill oil oh, yeah. kind of thing and all the omegas. And I was like, oh, yeah. dust, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amiga mm-hmm. three is all. I, I thought know. you were going to say that she takes a fish oil capsule and breaks it in her hand and puts it on her face. Do people do that? Probably, but I think it would stink. Oh, I don't know. Actually, it would. I don't know if know. that's mm, slap a piece of salmon on your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do it. I can't contribute to what I'm putting on my face, um, but I can contribute to hair. So last episode we interviewed Anthony Nader from Raw. He's such a cutie. Um, and he said something that I've taken away that uh, you should change up your shampoos and conditioners because your hair follicles can just die. Well, not die. They can just be lazy and asleep. Mm-hmm. So I've swapped it up with um, a brand called Harper and Arlo mm. Volume Shampoo. Mm-hmm. It says with kale and white nettle. Plus conditioner I use as well. But so I'm really liking the shampoo. The conditioners, I it must be natural. Don't is. quote. Oh, is it? Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. The conditioner's not like um, the commercial brands so, conditioner. Like so it? it doesn't. Obviously what I like is that bad film that must go onto your uh, hair. Yeah. So like it feels like super um, 
slick mm-hmm. once you've rinsed it out and you get out of the shower. But this one is like, oh, my Dry. hair still feels yeah, like, like you just shampooed it. Hard to yeah, yeah, hard to run my fingers through. Mm. So got to get used to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, and your hair will take a while to get used to natural shampoos and conditioners as mm. well. Another good point, though, is um, let's just make this one big reference to past episodes <laughs> when we spoke um, to Ash Austin, episode eight or seven. Don't know. Eight? We were discussing seven. that now, um, obviously, people are catching up that your skin or your face does not finish at your at your hairline. Mm. It's all through. So might invest in a hair scrub but this is definitely yes, getting please do yeah this is definitely getting um me clean in a different kind of way because we've all seen those videos of scraping off um oh, residue disgusting that's uh, what would you say that was, they are was it on jen atkins or it was on main addicts yeah main addicts um and they were holding the hair taut right and using was it scissors and yeah. they were they were Shut like up. They were super sharp and they were going – so you have if you have the scissors open, like when you're curling a ribbon, right, and then they were going up the hair shaft towards the root and all of this um, like white residue was coming off and people were saying that it's a buildup of your like dirty product and shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, yeah, because that feeling that I like of coating my hair in smooth conditioner balm kind of stuff is – You'd probably find that if you did that to my hair, it would have residue on it. Mm, I think most people's. We wouldn't want that. Um, a good scalp scrub is Christoph Robin. Okay. Or you could make your own. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. Devines have a really good one too. Even like, um, I mean, in summer when you go to the beach and stuff and you're going to have salty hair anyway, why don't you pick up some sand? But you could do like a coffee one and stuff. Is that what you're saying by make your own or a salty I wouldn't put a coffee. You could do a salty. Mm. You just got to really rinse it out afterwards. Yeah. Oh, cue Hugie. Um, great. Cool. I'm glad that you are doing the natural wagon and switching up your shampoo and conditioner. Thank you for being a great influence on me. I do have a a plethora of products that I (laughs) should be trying. Kels still puts up with my commercial brand loves. So <laughs> I'm slowly coming back over to natural. But they sell Harper and Olo. I think that's pretty like standard. I shouldn't say commercial. You mean like your I pantines mean, and things? I mean like, yeah, chemical. What would you call those? Just things that aren't natural. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Mm. Like your Tresemme's. That's pretty commercial, but yeah. I know and like, mean. say, like a face. Supermarket brand. Oh, yeah, supermarket yeah, brands. Yeah, private chemist brands. Yeah. So. Okay. Mm. What are we eating? Steph just cooked up the Ooh. most delicious little snacky snack for I've us. I've been such a good friend. I- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh. Tickets on myself. Um, we've been posting back and forth this one recipe to each other and I was like, oh, yeah, must make it, must mm-hmm. make it. Then Kel sent it to me again. I was like, surely it wouldn't be hard to make. Still forget to make it. Have you made it? No. Nah. So um, it's Molly Baz, Baz's because it, dilly beans and peas on ricotta and avo toast. So there I used butter beans. I think that's what she uses. Mm. Or Cannellini butter yep, beans. Yep, they'd yeah. be good too. But butter beans were so nice. Oh, it was delicious. And like – Basically, it's fancy toast. Yeah. So we used a sourdough 
um, thick sourdough, a good thick white sourdough, and um, I just cut up some shallots. Do we call them? Oh, spring onions, shallots. No, shallots. Yeah. Uh, and some sugar peas, sugar snap peas. Mm. Yeah. So then those little um, beet, you just chop them up roughly, and some dill and lemon and salt and pepper, oh. and we're kind of limiting the avocado. Yeah, we're limiting the dairy. So this yeah. her recipe is full on like mix all those beautiful things with ricotta, like whip it. But we, I used the avo in place of ricotta and I just sprinkled some ricotta on top to make it mm. less dairy rich. But it did you like? delicious. Basically, yeah, it's like a fancy avo on toast, mm. a fancy woggy avo on toast. Mm. It had a, a lot of those good savoury zingy flavours in the morning, which is nice. Yeah. So maybe it's a different way to do your avo this week or do it as per Molly Baz and do it with your ricotta. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's like I think we posted something on Facebook. It was like you can have this for dinner or for breakfast, kind of like yummy mm. toast, toast toppings. Are you a, just to segue quickly, are you a savoury or sweet breakfaster if, say, when you do have breakfast? It really depends. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Same. Well, sometimes <laughs> you just feel like pancakes. <laughs> I, no, I would never eat pancakes. I couldn't out. tell you. We're saying I, out. We're I could not tell out. you the last time I ate pancakes I ever. I was with her. Oh, my God. When did you eat pancakes? I was with you and you ordered pancakes. Fuck off. When? We were at Rushi's. <laughs> oh, when was that? Good two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, fuck off. And I think because you peer pressured me into getting them. I think we'd seen each other the night before. so Yeah, we were talking mm. about it the whole time. Mm. Oh, that's awkward. That you uh, remembered that. But anyway, they were good pancakes, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, I didn't mean like on a Monday when you just no, w- wake up and you're late for work. What do I do? Whip up some pancakes. <laughs> I don't know. Not what... me. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what you do. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just bone brothy. Like, While well, I get ready with my carrot and carrot carrot and I try, when I'm finished dry body brushing oh and God. listening to my goop podcast, yes. I'd love to whip up some ricotta pancakes. Ricotta fluffy pancakes with banana. Mate, no one, who even fucking eats breakfast? No one eats breakfast before they leave for work, surely. Nope, no time. I couldn't. I just and that's know. not no time because we wake up late. Like, no. Late. It's just fluffing around. No, I don't, and I would prefer, like, you just get in, you get it done, you, you get out, like, grab a banana if you have to, I don't know, like, I just mm-hmm. not eating bananas. I know that I'd, I'd, if I was going to eat breakfast, not eat breakfast, if I said I need to eat something before I leave for work, I it wouldn't be the best choice. I'd be grabbing something super fast. So why don't you just wait? And then mentally while you're on the train or whatnot going to work, you're like, what am I going to have for lunch? And then you can plan it. Yeah. Or maybe if you were better, Bring you would have lunch. packed it. Exactly. <laughs> Moving on. What we're drinking this week. What are we drinking this week? We are drinking, which went beautifully with this um, toast situation, mm. is a 2018 small fry Joben mm. from the Barossa. Uh, it's a biodynamic blend of Tempranillo, Tempranillo and Ganache. I'm probably saying that wrong. Mm, I like um, it. With a couple of other great varieties so it's a red because obviously we're in winter but we're not drinking it traditionally in a winter sense i like a chilled red wine Ooh, yeah and because this is quite 
dynamic and I don't want to say light, light, but it goes well being chilled. Um, It would be delicious with um, prawns. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm also loving, what have I been drinking? Um, What did I have the other night? It was a really nice red. I can't remember, but it was like, it's not a Merlot. Mm-hmm. I think it's like Devil's Lair and you can just pick it up from like any BWS and it's pretty, it was pretty good though. Do you like most of your reds chilled? I do. I would definitely prefer that as well. Yeah. I just get such a warm kind of muddy The hangovers from a warm fucking red night night a chat though, like you wake up and you've got full mud mouth. Hey? Yeah. I think, which might be crazy, by chilling it, I think it carries down or goes down a lot smoother. Like, Maybe. call me crazy. It's like sediment in your mouth just stays there if it's warm. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously there's definitely time and a place for a, a bougie warm red. And I am obviously partial to that more than not, especially now that it gets colder. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't mind mm-hmm. a, just a, like, it's not cold, just slightly chilled. Chilled, yes. Mm. Um, otherwise, we could just swing the other way and go for mulled wine. No, I don't do that. Oh, shit. What is I, that? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Cloves, stove. Fuck no. Heat it up. Nah. When it's not that cold. Do you actually drink that? Nah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I don't now. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Right. And are you watching anything or reading anything? Yes. What are you watching? So I just watched super, super, super recently, like literally hours ago um the wife with glenn close i watched that on the plane did you um where was i can't remember where it was did you hear isn't he a creep the he's like game of thrones isn't he the husband where yes oh my god that is where he's from yeah and he was a no he was a nobody in game of thrones like i no, he was the guy that that prison cersei yeah Mm. he's a grub he's awful so it i it got a lot of hype but i didn't know um the story I didn't hear what it was about, but it got a lot of hype because they wanted Glenn Close to win yes. the Oscar, She's an fabulous. award. Yeah. yeah. So then um, I watched it and I was like, it just makes you feel, it makes you feel resentment towards him. Oh, for like, sure. Like I can't stand him. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at like the frustration on her face. But the other fact is that like, obviously he was psychotic because he believed that he that it was him. Every comeback or response that he had made out like, God, I can't do, like, I'm not good enough for you. As in he, so he was in the wrong, for example, this husband. So essentially just to give you a back story, um, the wife is Glenn Close and she's married to a Nobel Prize winning author. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to give too much away, um, but she's also a beautiful writer or was. Um, so. No, just tell him. Basically, she she writes all his books, but he, he, he pretends that he writes them and he publishes them under his name. And then he finally, I think like this has been going on forever and ever, like he's a, she is, but they think it's him. Mm. Like an absolutely amazing, like writer just a genius and finally he wins a Nobel Prize and everyone's like to her at like the dinners and stuff like oh my god like you must be so proud of him like you know supporting from the sidelines Mm. and she's like deep down just like boiling Mm. away but then he becomes 
like he cheats on her and he's been cheating on her for years and he's just a fucking grub. Yes. And the son finds out that like yes. the wife actually wrote all the books and then it just turns into this big family argument because the son wants to be a writer as well and he's always looked to his dad for the approval and always wants his dad to read his mm. books and tell or read his novels and short stories and tell him where he could he could go better but no one ever thought you know it's the mum the whole whole way but i'm saying that when they argue and she's trying to give him her point of view which is nothing but facts which is that she's written that she just won a Nobel Prize essentially because that book was hers. Mm. He was like, you know, he just couldn't accept it. He pretty much was saying, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad husband. Like that's not what we're saying. Yeah. Um, And then the ending's quite good. Oh, yeah. won't tell you the ending. Won't tell you the ending. Satisfactory, but I did shed a tear. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Um, what are you are you watching anything or reading anything i'm just about to finish sally rooney's um normal people which everyone is reading oh okay off the back of her i think she won an award for her first book which i can't remember what it was called um and then she released this and it is interesting it's about a young couple they they go to school together and they're friends and then they're kind of date and then they don't date and it's sort of about them growing up together but not together and going to uni and going to college and um the twists and you know internal struggles because they're both quite weird they both come from different socioeconomic backgrounds um it's pretty dark but Mm. also it sounds like it would fuck with my head a bit. yeah it does but it's also kind of like I feel like there's not going to be an ending I literally have like two pages to go but I don't know it's I'm more like just. It up, so I read it. I don't think it's that worth it. Maybe it's more. I haven't heard about it, but uh, maybe it's more like just an observation of. It sounds like just a real story. Mm. I'm also reading. I just started reading Supermarket, which. Oh, um, what's that? It is a another. Um, I think it's a New, New York Times bestseller, but isn't everyone these days? Yes. Um, and it's essentially. They label it as if you're – so he's, like, writing a book, right? But it comes from, like, three different – Narratives? No. Like, he's talking to you as the author, but then he jumps inside the book and talks to you as himself. Like, it's – I don't know. Wait, let me look it up. Yes, please do. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. so he released – he paired it with a 13-song soundtrack – and it's number one on Amazon's best-selling book list. Um, wow. Basically, it's about this depressed, like, grocery store employee in, like, suburban life. But then he stumbles upon a crime scene. Um, and I guess it goes into different characters, obviously. Um, and, like, but the, the, the plot, I haven't, I've only read, like, a couple of chapters, so I, I like literally it? can't tell you like much, but yeah, it's good. It's a bit oh, good. slow off the start, but um, he's interesting in it's like a bit mad, and the way that he writes, he talks to you from like his perspective, yes, as, as the author. author, so like two different voices, if that makes sense. And he distingu- distinguishes that he's the author because he talks about writing it. He just, like, jumps in. Yeah, right. So it's written as a book within a book 
which may or may not be within a third book. As I said, it's confusing. It follows, yeah, 24-year-old white boy from Baker City in America. Um, he started a new job at a grocery store. There's, like, super weird characters, like an old man that comes in for coffee, like a junkie, um, like trashy people. And then, um, you know, he obviously makes friends and stuff along the way. Um, and then there's the twist that's coming awesome so i will keep you posted on that awesome yeah that sounds like very smart writing speaking of smart writers oh yeah who me no glenn Glenn close oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) um what are you okay what's next um no i want to ask you um what are you wearing lately well i put up a thing I read an article on Man Repeller this week and then I put up this thing on our Facebook page, which I thought was quite funny. And I've seen this trend going around anyway because there's been like lots of – it's like the new resort where – let me find where I put it. We're not very organized. Um, Well, while you find it, it's funny because I actually saw the fashion posts being put up lately and I was like, "Mm, pretty sure this is something Kelsey would do. Okay, so it's basically – so Bottega, Bottega Veneta, which I can never say properly, yeah. um, they're just like ankle straps. So they have these pants and then they've got these ankle straps around the bottom but then the pants flare out. But you could do it with shoes or whatever. And you know how the Attico launched those ankle straps what last year or the year before? Yes. They were doing it as well. So it's not a new concept. No. And I did it two years ago, which I put up on the Facebook site. Exactly. Facebook so you had um, tied your – oh, your your shoe straps were around the No, I have ankle straps. Oh. And I tied ankle straps around like these flared pants. But you can do it with shoelaces or if you have strappy – Shoes, yeah, where you're um just buckle your shoe around your pants, pants is what we're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, even I saw the reference man repeller, they sell like the these laces mm. um that it's, have various uses and they just tie yeah. them around pants. It's kind of like if you like everyone's done this before, like if you've got like beautiful long sleeves and then you wear like bracelets on yes. each side and let the sleeves hang out. Yes. It's like that before your feet. Or like my mum, um, I wish I knew where they were back like in the early 2000s you could actually buy and she had a beautiful pair of, um, they're these gold bands. They look like jewellery but they're to hold your sleeves up but she used to wear them like with really baggy sleeves so that where you put the two bands, your sleeve would kind of oh, yeah. fall over, but you'd probably see a glint of gold. And so like because your wow. puffy sleeve, yeah, so cinching in your arms as well. Do whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So doing that because I, I think don't that to buy cool. anything. Nah. No, I think it looks cool too. So you can bring it back, I guess. Get your ankle straps anything? out. Wearing, what are you buying? What are you wearing? Um, well... I was I wasn't wearing anything, but um I do wear that puffer jacket to death mm. and I just did find it what I was looking for about um yeah, probably lost it now, but there was a funny article about um women wearing practically ski jackets just to get coffee in Australia this is like when the mercury hits like 17 degrees on a Sunday morning, everyone just throws on like the big mm-hmm. puffer um, 
And it's true. But I we're just, cold. I know. But do we not own like jumpers? <laughs> we always we're literally wearing like snow gear. But I think it's very fashionable. And now you can get ones with cinched in waists, mm. and that's something that I would like to do. But cute. what I want to buy, and I um, you're gonna hate me, but it was like one of the mummies that I. But she was so cute, and I Instagrammed her, of course. <laughs> you're a fucking freak. But she uh, was wearing these boots, and I was like, I don't know if it was a super old post or whatever. But um, can you show me? Yeah. So they're called Paris Texas boots, and the color that I like is the blue. Don't you love when your phone won't load? So they're um, they're like that. But so what they essentially they are they're knee high boots, and they stay like tubular, hmm. so they don't cinch in on your calf, and yeah. they. They hold their structure. Cute. So they're kind of like... Um, they're blue snakeskin. Yeah, these ones are cool. I think they come when in like... When are going to wear them? I don't know. They come in um, snakeskin, but like beigey. Oh, I've got a pair of them. Oh, do you? Yeah. Snakeskin's another thing that's back this year. <sighs> yeah. Fuck. I don't think blue. I would get beige. Mm. Or brown or something. Hmm. Fun. Well, I'll put them up. I think they're so cute. And when you see them on someone's leg, like like the structure of them, because they're pretty much like the top of them, if you can imagine like a gum boot, how it holds its structure, but it's like healed and a lot more feminine. Yeah. And it makes your leg look skinnier. (laughs) Mm. I mean, these ones retail for like $8.99. So we'll see. Just like the Garni boots gate. Yeah. Boot gate. Boot gate. We can add this to the list of boots. Mm, yeah, well, they're not buying, but we need a shared wardrobe. I'll wear the snakeskin that you have. Are they yeah, new highs? Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah. She's already got them. Yeah, they're on. Capsule wardrobes are not hard when you have 1,002 pieces. <laughs> I have these from five years ago. That, but this is the thing. That's why you shouldn't throw out anything. Mm, like that would be good. They always just come back eventually. Yeah. You know? I All do. Right. Well, let's get into our guest. Yes, please tell everyone. Um, today we have Maz Coot. She is the founder and director of Coot Connects, a Sydney-based PR agency. I work with Maz on a daily basis. <laughs> she is a lady boss and is just killing it. Um, and she's going to give us a lot of good tips. So... Mm. Stay tuned. How would you describe your business and what you do day to day, I guess? The nature of what a PR agency is now is obviously so different to just a traditional PR agency. So I think we kind of do it all. You know, we're yeah. marketing, we're digital agency at any given time, we're copywriters, you name it. So yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't even think PR agency really describes what we do anymore. Thus, consultancy and the like. Right. Okay, yes. well, that makes sense. Yeah. Beautiful. So <laughs> Talk us through um, how you landed in PR. What did you study or first jobs? Yes, so to be candid, I kind of landed in PR by accident. So I went, um, I went to Sydney Uni. I studied media and, and comms. 
and I was in kind of a cohort of a of hundred very talented writers that were all dead set on on being journalists. So for me, I kind of that became my dream as well. And you know, we talked about we'd go out to the regional centres and really learn um, our, our trade and and come back and all all of that. And funny when when I had to look for an internship. I ended up in a PR agency and I was there for kind of three months and that's when I went, you know, wow, I, I love this. And it's funny because I ended up on the other side of the fence, the, the dark side. I think there's probably 2% of my course that <laughs> ended up in, in PR and um, many of them have become really successful um, journalists. So it's been really fun to watch their journeys from, from the other side. Mm. Um, and also call in a few favours occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no lazy pictures from me. These are my friends on the other side. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. So what made you want to start your own company and when did you realise it was more than just a dream? You could actually make it happen. Um, so I'd worked in an agency for kind of seven, eight years and I loved the beauty side of the business. So probably for the last four years there, I was working predominantly on beauty accounts and it was like a passion. I just loved the beauty space. And it's funny because at the time, I actually wasn't even sure there was room for, for another agency in the market. At that time, there was really iconic agencies with founders that I really respected and still do. You know, these were these were women that I'd looked at for, for 10, 12 years and thought, wow, you know, you're really kicking goals in this space. And they were really established. And so as I said, yeah, I wasn't even sure there, were, there was room in the market, but I thought I love this beauty space. And I actually think there could be room for an agency that really specializes in beauty so obviously took took the leap and it's funny because at the time my first client actually ended up a hospitality client it was a restaurant and that started a really nice lifestyle arm of the business and it's funny as word kind of spread and I have to really thank the industry for that because it was the beauty editors that really got behind me and actually told brands that I, I'd gone out on on my own so I mean, I still get goosebumps when I think about it that people actually went out of their way to help support the business because without them, I wouldn't have got it. I really don't think I would have got those first beauty clients that really made made the business. You know, when when these beauty editors were behind me and supporting me, I was honestly a one man band at a hot desk. You know, sitting in the city thinking, "What the hell have I? What the hell yeah. have I done?" That's what helped build the business. My first beauty client was O Cosmetics. It's a it's a skincare brand and, and a client we still work with today. Four years later. For me, that was a real pinch myself and, and probably when I thought, okay, maybe I can build this this beauty PR agency. Yeah. Shortly after that, Revlon called and I think I nearly fell off my chair Which is massive. at the time. And again, we still work with them today. And for me, I mean, that's still, it's career highlight, you yeah. know, no question. And I also think back and the, the in-house PR at the time and also the marketing director who's still there in the business, Caitlin, the fact they put that trust in me four years ago, I mean, yeah. incredible. So, yeah. career highlight. Amazing. I have heard that um, the beauty editor scene are quite generous as opposed to some other scenes in the no, magazine. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a lot of people think PR is all glamour. Uh, but obviously starting a business takes some work. We wanted to know about the hard slog. Talk us through how you actually got it off the ground. Did you set goals? Did you write a literal checklist? What was it? Do you know, I'd love to sit here and say I did all of those things. But as I said, it was really, I mean, I was at a hot desk, you know, and, and you kind of just make it work and you survive. And I think I still have that mentality. You know, when I walk into the office every day and I look at the, the logo on the door, the nicely placed purple decal, 
I really pinch myself and go, Aww. okay, well, let's do this for another day and let's, you, you know, make it work and, and kind of survive another day. And because the industry does change so swiftly, it is like that. Yeah. So, mm. yes, it is hard work. Um, can I have a plan? It's really hard to. You can have a plan per client, what you want to achieve for that client, what goals you, you know you want to, want to kick for each particular client. But as a business, it's really hard to have a plan. I think the plan is to be nimble and flexible and adapt how we work because, as you know, I said before, PR agencies, the traditional format doesn't exist in the mm. same way. So I think the plan is to be nimble. Yes. <laughs> I love that. To, what's that saying? To roll with the punches. Literally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you first started, we imagine, you know, you would have been either given advice from people you didn't ask for advice from or you know were given advice that may or may not have been helpful rather um, or you maybe were asking from advice from people in the industry what's the best piece of career advice you've received so far and the worst do you know what I think the best operators I've seen in the market and whether that's as PRs or, or outside of that are people that don't burn bridges. And I think in the nature of my job is there's so many different, I would say, very solvable problems in a day. But it's very easy to blow to blow that out and you know have an argument about a decal not being the right size or whatever it might be, an aspect of an event you're not happy with. And I think the nature of that is then there's aggravation and you're burning bridges along the way. So really try to live by not. You know, these are solvable problems. Let's work together. Let's fix them. Let's get the best outcome. And that's come from watching other um, people I admire work. You know, they leave a trail behind them of people that are happy and say, wow, that person's really amazing um, to work with. So that's not necessarily advice I've been given, but watching, you know, my peers in, in the industry that operate like that, I think, because then they're the ones that others are saying, they're really great to work mm. with and they're recommended along the way. So I think that's important. I think also learning that you don't have to be a hard ass to be a, a good boss and that was a really big one for me and it's funny because I used to think of it as a real weakness I think I do have a softness and and an, and an empathy and you know mm. I really care about the team and whether they're happy professionally whether they're happy personally if they have a personal loss or, or, or whatever else you know I feel it with them and I definitely used to look at that as a weakness and think okay well I need to be harder maybe I need to be firmer and it was actually Marie who's the founder of O Cosmetics who, who we work for that kind of taught me that that was okay you know you for me it's really important that you know the team do see their family that they, they go home and see their partners if they've got a Pilates class that they make it because I think all of those things when you can't have that create such unnecessary stress you know you're already mm. trying to deliver in what is a pressure cooker environment you know we understand the importance of 250% I think like no other industry you know you're you're the face of brands you're their voice so mm. um, it's already a really tough environment so then if you're also having to say to your to your partner oh, I'm not going to be home until 10 o'clock every night of the week don't get me wrong there's nights we have to do that then you cause unnecessary stress for them and I think at the end of the day for me it's always been 24-7 and it always will be that's something I learned that you don't have to be I guess what's another word yeah, a hard-ass boss yeah, to, yeah. To, for, to get good results. But that took a lot of learning. Yeah, that's a big one, though. You don't want to um, invoke a culture of resentment. Exactly. You need to be a good boss. It starts at the top. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's just like I haven't... Insert knocking back. Yes! <laughs> uh, have you, speaking of good, good at the top, 
Have you got a mentor or what do you do or your thoughts on female empowerment in the workplace, teamwork and office culture? Yeah, touching on a mentor, I mean, running a small business can be really, really isolating because often day in, day out, you're making really quick calls and in isolation, you know, there's not time to ask X or X, yes. there's not a chain of command as such, you're making those calls and decisions. And back to being soft, when you have to make hard calls, you know, you do have to be able to. But mentor-wise, I think that then kind of makes you really absorb that from other other people. And funnily enough, it's, it's often come from clients, which... I mean, I laugh because they're engaging for a service and, and our expertise as an agency. We work really closely with the brands, um, you know, on our books. You become very much part of the family and, and by that you're then working really closely with what are really senior and experienced individuals within, you know, these businesses. So by way of that, they do become your mentors and you learn from them, you know, day in, day out. I mean, I sit at Revlon and listen to the marketing team speak and what they know about the beauty industry and their insights and the, what they roll out marketing-wise. I mean, you just sit there, you know, in awe. So do you have... Okay, so let's let's talk about kind of like job interviews and going back to sort of teamwork and off and like workplace culture when you're in the recruitment process trying to find the right person that fits in with your culture and your team do you have a blanket hiring question during job interviews or what do you look for as a boss as a you know the owner of your own small business is it something particular that you look for Look, having spent kind of 12 years in the industry, one thing I have learned is that you need to really, really want it. It's hard work. It's long hours. If you listen to to anyone in my position in agency, they would sit here and, you know, say the same thing. I think it's it's common knowledge in, in our spaces that it's hard work. But from the outside, it can look very glamorous. And are we afforded incredible opportunities to work on events that you just stand back and think, I can't believe I'm working on this? Absolutely. But to get there before you get that moment of, wow, it's long hours and, you know, hard work. And as we said before, everything under the sun that possibly could have gone wrong might have. And, you, you know, you've kind of project managed each individual thing to fix it along the way. So to get to that wow moment is, you know, intensive. So I think when you're interviewing, you have to look for people that really want it. They maybe not understand that yet, but you see a kind of certain drive and, and mentality where you know they're going to, to make it. So... Yeah, they've got to be a good fit from 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 that side of mm. things. And a, a, I think you've got to be quite positive and a, a doer. We can get this done. We can yeah. fix this. It's going to be okay. Because the second you start to slide down and when you're working on a huge event or whatever it might be, even a, you know, a great press kit going out the door and you start to go, okay, this isn't going to work. Oh, this is going wrong. It, it, then you don't survive. Yeah. Yeah. That's when it all comes crashing mm. down. So. That's so true. You can't have that. No. Um... Speaking of challenges and rolling with the punches, what is the biggest work challenge you've faced so far? Um, oh, yeah, I heard this. This was on this other yes. podcast I was listening to. The woman was asked this and she was like, well, it comes down to I don't run a business, the business runs me. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a day where you had to take a walk or, you know, scull a glass of wine or something? Like we're doing now. Right yes. now. <laughs> to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, well, the reality of what we do is it's 
very detail oriented. So you're looking at every last detail. And I think that comes down to the fact that every time I open my mouth, every time I make a phone call, every time I send a package out the door, it actually, whilst it has my name on it, yes, and the, the company's name on it, it, it's someone else's voice, it's someone else's message. And I take that really, really seriously. If you get lax about, about that, and the bow's not quite right, or the decal's stuck on, you know, not quite centered, or whatever it might be, I know that all sounds trivial, obviously it's much wider than that, but you know, a spelling mistake in a press release, if you do not focus on the details, you're taking the liberty of speaking for someone else's brand in a fashion that isn't perfect, mm. and it has to be. And I think when you operate like that, it's really intensive and the trivial things do become, they're huge in... in Impactful in, to, the, yeah. Absolutely, and that's something I, I try and um, make sure the team are across as, as well, that, you know, like I said, every time you open your mouth or, or send out a package, it's, it's not our voice, it's the voice of someone else that's entrusting us to make sure that message is on brand for them. A small... Yeah, like a small, like doing the smallest tiny thing wrong or being lazy can have a world. Yeah, of, domino effect. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, has there come a time um, in the last four years or so that that there's been a little mess up, and how did you get over it? I'm sure there has. It's probably been a lot, <laughs> or been a day where you've just been like, "Fuck this." <laughs> I think when you're a perfectionist, and that's probably what I'm saying is one of the biggest yes. challenges, is when you're a perfectionist and you actually want to watch every package go out the door, um, it, it becomes a challenge because I work on such a level of, of high detail. Mm. It's a challenge to, I, I don't think I'll ever change, to be honest. No, I think you need, <laughs> I think you need to cut yourself some slack. Yes. Because you're a full-on lady boss and you're killing it. And I don't want to say this because it's so lame and like very anti-feminist, but for your age... I don't know. I no, think I, I definitely look up to you and everything that you've done. I think like, yes, you have to be a perfectionist to be successful to some degree, but you also need to cut yourself some, some slack. Yeah. You're doing a really fucking good job. You're own, your, your own worst enemy. Yes, that. <laughs> Often. <laughs> Often. <laughs> Often. I think I dream about skew-if bows on press kits. And yeah. <laughs> and By the like, time it gets yeah. to me, I wouldn't blame you. I'd blame the courier. So don't yeah, worry. the courier did it. You'd be like, you have no idea. <gasps> I did it. Um, well, what about the best day at work? What excites you and maybe gives you energy for this kind of job? Oh, it's the wins. It, as I said, you know, working on an event, yes, there might be a lot of steps to get to, to that win. Day to day... Every piece of coverage for me is a win. You know, you get a great, great article in a newspaper, something online, an Instagram post. And, you know, I'm up out of my chair cheering still. And I think also the reverse of that is if you ever lose that as a, as a publicist, you're in trouble. You don't mm. love what you do because every one of those little wins or, or big wins, you know, every day that where there is a win is a great day. And I think that's kind of the highlight of the job, those wins. And then the client response to those wins, you know. And yeah. often when you're working with smaller brands and startups, this is make or break. You know, they will call you and they'll say, oh, my God, I've sold out of X or I've moved this many units. And, again, they're goosebumps moments. I sit at my desk and I'm, I, I'm clapping with them because you become part of their brands. You're on the journey with them. And then to get the win and really feel that with them, I mean, there's nothing um, like it. Yeah, that's good. That would be nice. Yeah. All right, let's take it to a different route. Route? Route? Let's take it down a different path. Path. 
Um, okay, I want to know your average day. So talk us through like what you do as soon as you wake up, um, what your morning routine is, what you eat for breakfast, what you do before work, how much time it takes to get ready, um, meetings, emails, etc. <laughs> okay. Hit us. You can remind me along the way. Yes, yes. I will. I will. <laughs> yes, <laughs> whilst yes. I eat more bread. Um, so, okay, the morning. I set my alarm for about 6, 6.30. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, um, I'm not a great morning person. That I can admit faults. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a morning person I'm, um, because I'm a night owl. So I'm forced to be a morning person for work, but I'm definitely a night owl. So I kind of do really burn the – is it burn the candle? Candle yeah, at both ends. ends. That's, yeah. That's what my mum says I do, but with partying. Not working. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Different. What kind of partying with my laptop? You know? yeah. <laughs> the music's on. <laughs> Last night, the first episode of um, Younger. Younger. Younger was involved in Watched this it. couch party with my laptop. Mm. Love it. How good is that? Love it. Um, so you wake up at 6, 6.30. Yes. So what do you do? Are you having a lemon water or what? Do you know what? I've recently rediscovered, not recently, about a year ago, I rediscovered um, personal training. And again, for me, not a morning person, but I now try and do that a couple of days a week for mm. the work-life balance. That's yep. good. That, look, the first thing I do when I open my eyes, to be honest, it's, uh, and this is not healthy, it's go on my email to see what's happened overnight. We have clients in all different markets, so quick scan to, to, to make sure there's nothing really urgent to you know address it at that time or get into the office for, then it's either yeah, personal training or maybe a, an early breakfast with with a journalist. Mm, a bit yeah. of bills is always mm-hmm. <laughs> Crown Street, uh-huh. Escape Holt Street for a bit of bills. And then, yeah, straight into the office. No two days in the office are the same. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just pretty standard, I think, yeah. for, for PR and when you're working on so many different brands with different requirements. You know, there's events some days and then there's, um, you know, you'll have an event every day for a week and then yeah. some weeks without one. And so that all just depends on on the, on the, on the day. Yeah. What about your beauty routine? How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? Okay, so again, do I need to list this as a fault, though? <laughs> I think no. No. PR. I take it very seriously. You, also, your face and hair and everything, like always you're always immaculate. But you are, like, you, you're selling this, so you have to look your best, mm. right? As dumb and cliche as it sounds. I really can't leave the house without a full face of makeup and, 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 a, tan. and a good do. If I, honestly, if I wear a ponytail, I sit at my desk. I don't think I'm, I've ever seen you in Anthony a ponytail. I would not be happy with this look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you without a full-on blow-dry, like stunning hair. Um, well, I'm lucky as well. We obviously work with so many incredible brands in the space that it's, you know, at my yeah. um, at my fingertips. But, yeah, look, I definitely I, – if I'd leave the house in all sorts um, from a, I guess you'd say, grooming perspective, then my day feels in all sorts. Mm. It's funny. Some people have different routines. It's the kind of their – that sets them up for the day, I'd say it's kind of mine. And that's good because I'm a beauty PR. I need to mm. love all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting it together from the morning. Um, let's talk about work-life balance. What do you do to unwind, if ever? <laughs> Drink. <laughs> this? Oh, yes, out of plastic cups. Yeah. <laughs> it's chic. It's the new thing. Lucky this is audio. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, my personal training that I was talking mm. about, adopting in the morning kind of against my will, <laughs> has become a way of unwinding, except it's 
in the morning. But Jono, who I train with, he's actually, he's an influencer. So we actually talk work a lot of the time and bounce ideas off each other. And he tells me about what events he's going to for the week and all of that. So that's actually, that's probably like my... Therapeutic. Yes. yes. Even though it's still business chit chat. And then I feel good that I've done a bit of exercise. Yeah. Also, um, I like to cook actually as well. I don't get the oh. opportunity often, but I'm a bit of a secret foodie and I usually spend Sunday, which is on the list of questions. Yes. <laughs> Sunday mm. cooking. Okay. So what's the rest of your Sunday look like? Do you know what? I'm such, I'm very traditional with my Sunday. I, I get up, I get all of the newspapers and I read them and every insert cover to cover. You. I can't, that's my Sunday ritual with a coffee. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Man. That's really nice. Oh. So you started, you've Another read. swig of roses. Yes. <laughs> so you started with your papers. You've read those. Yes. Sorry, I cut Papers cover to cover um, and my inserts. Um, then I pulled out all the recipes from the uh, inserts that, of Delicious. the things that I'd like to cook. They all go into a uh, oh, book, into a, a traditional plastic sleeve situation. Yes, I have one of those. <laughs> That's good. And then I probably cook one of those in a month because... You're so busy. <laughs> um, I'll cook them all when I retire. Yep. Yeah. Saving. But um, then, look, Sunday just different. I'll go for a walk. Um, often, to be honest, I'll I'll do some work and kind of get a head start on, on on the week if there's anything kind of particularly admin um, that needs to be done. Um, family lunch or dinner often, and then yeah, the week starts again. Mm. How do you a self- face mask too? That's, oh. that's crucial. There we go. This goes into she the remembered. next question. <laughs> How do you self care? Face masks. Definitely. Do you are you in the mood of really unwinding on a Sunday night, or is that kind of you getting getting ready for the week ahead? Do you have baths or uh, often? I, so often I'll cook on a Sunday night, so I might make something for the week or, or whatever else. So I find that therapeutic, and then again, it'll be doing some emails and just making sure mm. that the inbox is in order or whatever else ahead. So it's kind of a fusion. Yes. I would rarely go out on a Sunday night, though. Oh, I like to be home and pottering. Yeah. Pottering's the right word. Because then Sunday. come Monday, you feel like you've slowed down a little bit, like you were at home for yes. a period of time. Mm. I'm a real homebody, actually. Mm. <laughs> Me too. I, can't, I never do Sunday nights. Can't be, no. No. No way. Um, okay, let's go back to midweek, though. What's a midweek lunch look like? So I have definitely done the whole street round. <laughs> I have tried everything along this street. <laughs> do we talk about you like you're just here too, or do we pretend that? No, you're... I'm here. We're in the no, 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 like that you work for me and Soul just here, or yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matt and I are in the same street. <laughs> handy. Yes. It is handy. <laughs> so we have both um, trawled and swapped notes on the whole street. Each. Yeah. I discovered the poke bowl, which. I overdid for about Well, that's what happens. She put up a photo and I was like, what is this and where did you get it? And she was like, Halter. And I was like, what? Where are these things? I've never seen it. I was like, I've been here for a year. You just moved in. Like, what? Do you know what's funny, though? You often see um, Ash Austin as well the other day was trawling down here at 3 o'clock alongside me. Three o'clock on Holt Street and you're done. No. There's the old sushi roll that's been there since 10 a.m. next door. Salmon often. <laughs> no. Nah, not risking oh, it. Done. Nothing. Um, so 
look, I'll always, generally because my morning will start not in the office, it's at a breakfast or a meeting or something, I rarely have the opportunity to kind of bring my lunch, which I'd love to do, just a nice clean salad. Mm. Um, but no, I'm usually buying something <laughs> along this so it's usually just a salad or whatever you can get your hands on, really. Yes, whatever's left at three o'clock. Yeah. And then what about a midweek dinner? Um, so, like I said, I'll often cook on a Sunday and kind of um, freeze off whatever it might be, yeah. soup or, or whatever else. Something easy because I get home late. Mm. Um, but often I'm, I'm out as well. So if I'm home, it's something kind of green and clean because you would know when you're out you do, or, or, or at events, whatever else, you just don't have um, the option of, of really selecting what it is you, mm. you want to be eating. So I take when I'm home, I make sure it's green and clean because otherwise you're out eating and drinking whatever's, you know, there. Literally. That's good. I mm. mean, but obviously the novelty wears off. Yeah. After a while. You've done a lot more than that than me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Talking about the hard slog, you're always in heels. And today we spoke about um, you've bumped yourself, but you're still in heels. I'm always like, on heels in, on Instagram. Um, are these <laughs> like little lubes? What are these? They're yeah. so beautiful. They're actually surprisingly comfortable. They're too. little white so Louboutins cute. with, they're not, are they studs or diamantes? Or diamonds? Show us. Oh, oh so a slingback. Sling, yeah, they're cute. Yes. These are especially on for you. Oh, I love Well. No, Maz, you're always in heels. <laughs> um, they're obviously part of your work uniform, but do you have like a work uniform that you put like curate for the job? Yeah, and I think it's funny because going back to, for me, beauty is really, really important. Having the right products, trying all the right products, mm. having an understanding of it. You know, my self-care is to go to um, Raw for, for a good blow dry. We, mm. so I'm lucky enough sometimes to get Anthony and he does the ultimate <laughs> blow dry without question. Um, so for me, fashion, we don't look after fashion brands, so I think I need to look smart, but that's probably not my love and, and my passion. It's more the beauty side of things. So for me, it's just, yeah, to look smart. So it's often a short blazer and a tea or a, it's problematic going into winter switch that no. to a to a leather pant perhaps yeah yeah but yeah pretty standard like i've got a good um stable of blazers and it's a blazer t-shirt shirt blazer kind yeah. of combo out the door yeah. and a heel yeah usually. of course a heel mm, yeah that's always a good combo yeah smart and clean Keep and simple yeah mm. easy um okay obviously you do a lot of events so what do you have a secret for hosting a good party or a good event? Do you know what? It's, I think it's quite basic. I think you have to have really good food and beverage. Mm-hmm. If people are hungry or the food's not quite right or, you know, the, I think it's good food and beverage make mm. a, good, a good function. It all starts from there. Um, venue, I mean, it depends if you're talking personally or work-wise, but I think um, venue and location is always really important. I just go back to, okay, at this point of time at, in this day, where would I want to be? Where would I not want to have to travel to? What would I not want to have to do to get to an event? And if you kind of follow that, you can kind of work back from, from there. So I think location and, and, you know, ease of getting there and how it fits into the day um, and also then, yeah, food and beverage and making sure people aren't starving or, or eating something at an odd time of day, you know, sweets for, for breakfast or whatever else. Because I, I sit back and it's common sense. I would want a fruit salad and a muesli bowl or yes. some avocado on toast. I don't yeah. want to be eating, you know, this. Yep. So I think it's, it's often common sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about your guest. Mm-hmm. We love food. <laughs> what are your... <laughs> As we eat our... Um... Yeah. Thank you. Is this salami spread? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful cheeses. Yum. Mm. 
at, like you've done you've outdone yourself on the PR front. Is it wino or Portenio or both? Well, same thing. Both. So yeah. it's the little, I think, I guess, little sister of um, Portenio. Oh, so good. Mm. Okay, on the work front. What are your uh, tricks for staying organised? Do you have tricks? Did I write notes? <laughs> <laughs> Writing notes yes. is one. <laughs> Write it all down. Um, do you know what? I'd like to say I'm really organised. I religiously use the calendar in my Outlook. Mm. So everything goes in that calendar and then that kind of keeps me organised. Um, in the office, we have all kinds of, of tools that we use and new digital programs and apps and, and you know, I'm getting on board. I'll <laughs> dog new tricks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I'm adapting how I stay organised, but I always go back to my old Outlook calendar because it keeps me in, keeps me in line. Yeah, I yes. do Thank you for the 15-minute reminders. Mm. Yes. Didn't know I had to be don't there. Don't ever switch them off, though, without a re-reminder because then you don't do oh. whatever it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Seriously. Um, what about tricks for staying motivated? Do you know what? It's actually really easy to stay um, motivated with what I do because watching it's more so watching the team succeed and kick goals and as the team grew and and that you know they work on their own accounts really of course with account direction and all of that but watching them work kick goals deliver that's what keeps you motivated because you've got this staff that you just sit and look at and think wow you know you're incredible you know we had an event during the week and it was one of those moments I was kind of watching them them work and I went wow you know incredible so that keeps me um motivated um and like I said the wins you know, you've yeah. got those daily reminders that what you're doing is actually um, making a, a difference for the brands, you know, you're working with. So there's nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gets you out of bed in, in the morning and then some, even for a non-morning person. Yeah. Person. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a, you mentioned apps and things that the girls are getting you on board for, but do you have a product? Yes, they schedule me in for lessons. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> That's cute. in your Outlook calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Teach Mazzy XYZ. Uh, app training. <laughs> Convince oh. her for new software. Um, do you have a productivity hack? Do you know what? No, I do. Just getting it done. I think so often it's how do we do this, what's the best way right. of doing this, yeah. let's, let's put it in the corner and all look at it until um, we, figure, know, we it figure it out. out. Yeah. It, it, the more you can, and there is obviously things that that does not apply to, don't get me wrong, but the more you can just get it done and move on to the next, I think that's what keeps the, the wheels turning. Yeah. And especially the pace of agency, you know, you're working on all sorts of different projects at any given time. So, it, yeah, you've got to keep it moving. Yeah, there's no time to fluff. On no, things. Yeah, done. Do yeah. it. Don't overthink it. But with um, with a perfectionist. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, that's where we'll catch you out on the bows. <laughs> Don't be sending substandard work out the door. <laughs> Need to stick that to like your courier oh bin. Yes. Don't send substandard stuff. Straighten this bow before you drop off. Amazing. Well, Mazzy, that's it. That's it. Done. Do you want? Is there it. anything you want to add that we didn't cover? I think very thorough questioning. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Jen.